coming to get you, Barbara. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> I love it, though. Now me, I not only drink really, I really drink. We are Buzz on Movies. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Buzzed on Movies. I'm Teddy. And I am Matt. And we'd like to invite you in to join us for Drinks in the Lobby. Ooh. This is this is how we're going to try structuring this from now on. We have Lord, Lord knows we need structure in our lives. Yeah, well, that's um, true of many, in many, many ways. So um, why don't we start off with what we're, what we're drinking this evening? Sure. Um, I am drinking a pina colada because right. tonight's film of discussion will be West Side Story, the new yes. Steven Spielberg one. And we've got a great Puerto Rican cocktail here with puerto rican rum yes it's perfect yeah pina coladas are great do you how do you prefer your pina coladas do you like them blended or do you like them shaken that's uh i usually do blended i i've not tried a shaken one but um i probably should i'm i like to to mess around with different formats yeah i so i also have a pina colada i'll say that right now i have another drink as well but uh, my first drink which i'm sipping now is a pina colada and i actually prefer mine shaken um I just, I, I'm very picky about things that I want like blended and or frozen. That's like a very specific energy for me. And it's definitely not the six days before Christmas energy for me. So um, <laughs> yeah, this is much. an odd time to be drinking a blended drink, but you know, all in the service of being on theme. Yeah. I mean, if it weren't the past few days have been like this past week was actually kind of mild. So I probably could have done it like on like Friday, but today it's like the high is in the thirties here. So it's like, it's like shifted overnight. Yeah. Um, so I can't do that. I can't do that right now, but um, (laughs) like sitting here in like a hoodie and and flannel pajama pants. So no boy, this would be a very, (laughs) it'd be very weird to be drinking a frozen drink, but, um, yeah, so I have a pina colada. I do have a second drink, though, which is also on theme, and it is a New York sour. Um, so excited to break that out in a nice. little bit. What um, goes into that? It's very similar to what you might think is in, like, well, in a New York sour. I mean, it's it, you'd use whiskey, um, you use lemon juice, and you have sugar, and you have grenadine. Uh-huh. So, yes. Nice. Um, it's got a, a heavy pour of lemon juice, too. So it's, it is, I mean, it is called a sour, so that tracks but it's like on the, it is sour it's pretty sour um so i thought about doing a manhattan but it turns out i've been really into negroni lately so i definitely don't have enough sweet vermouth ah <laughs> i have like and half an ounce i'm like i don't even know what i do with that i don't i don't know what drink i make with half an ounce of sweet vermouth now but been hitting the old vermouth too hard yeah. well I, I like I, i've been really into the chinar negroni specifically i've been like just keep i just keep pouring them just keep doing it um, so we'll see. All right. Sounds good. Um, anything you've been seeing recently besides our topic of discussion today? Besides West Side Story? Actually, no. I mean, nothing. I haven't really watched anything new since the last time we spoke, which is really tragic. Um, as some of you may have heard, maybe not. Um, if you happen to be Patrick Starr and live under a rock at the bottom of the ocean, um, there's a new very contagious variant of the coronavirus that is really hitting New York City pretty hard right now. So Yay. I've been, uh, I've been in my home a lot. Um, so I have not gone to a theater um, since 
Oh my gosh, it's been too long. The last movie I saw in theaters was too long ago. So, um, but you know, I feel like that's probably fine. I have to travel to see my family this week. So it's like probably good to have taken it safe in the days leading up to that. Um, um, But I did watch the original Black Christmas last night. I knew I wouldn't be going to a midnight showing this year. So I recreated my favorite midnight showing thing for Black Christmas with tater tots and cheese dip. Oh, nice. um, And and some cocktails. Uh, So... That was good. Um, I also watched the 2006 Black Christmas again. Um, real fans know that we've watched that before <laughs> and we've talked about it before. Um, Great double feature. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I also watched a perennial classic, Jack Frost, the horror Jack Frost. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that, you know what? That movie is not, I. so I watched it with a friend of the pod and we actually had seen it before, both of us. And if I'm not mistaken, we watched it together um, when we lived in, you know, in an in an apartment together. And I remember it being better, like not better. I mean, it was bad, but like more fun than it was. Like, I feel like a lot of the movie is not as crazy as it needs to be. It's like uh-huh. you've got like half the movie where it's just like, quote unquote, plot building. And I'm like, why? Like don't do that what are we doing (laughs) don't mess around uh, with the plot yeah and then then you've got like the ending is actually pretty nuts but like for a while it's like sort of like what and like we just come off of watching black christmas 2006 which is pretty nuts from start to finish like so like it's just like a very strange and surreal fever dream of a movie Um, yeah um so like coming off of that and then watching the 90s jack frost horror movie was sort of just like i don't understand this is not what i remembered but you know the end was pretty fun so that was fine. But uh, yeah, it was, you know, it was an experience. So that's really all I've watched since other than the movie that we'll talk about tonight. What about you? Um, I, so I've only been to the movies to see West Side Story. Um, yeah. I, I've been I mean, watching. I mean, that is also the last thing I saw in theaters. To be yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, I've been watching some like Christmas related movies at home. And um, the other night I watched uh, Meet Me in St. Louis, which is. Nice. Not exactly a Christmas movie, but has a very prominent Christmas scene in it. With, so it's enough. Sometimes yeah, that's enough. Yeah. With the classic song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. Um, so uh, that was really good. Like, that's one of those classic musicals that works just so well start to finish. Yeah. Lots really of fun. That. Great songs. And, um, you know, fits in well with our... Uh, it was like a little precursor to seeing this musical. Um the next day so that was pretty nice nice yeah very cool is that is that it <laughs> <laughs> yeah is that all we've been doing some, i don't even know what to, i mean we uh, to be fair it hasn't been that long since we last recorded but um i you know i just haven't i don't know well this week was a weird week for me on a personal level so that's part of why i haven't seen anything but also like I've been playing a lot of Resident Evil this week. I don't know. Uh-huh. I just have been playing video games all week. Um, so I guess that's sort of part of it. I've been reading a lot more this week. So I guess just like movies took a back burner. Um, Sometimes life happens in between yeah. the movies. Yeah. yeah, I think maybe I wasn't feeling the Christmas spirit most of this past week either. That could also be part of it. I was sort of like, mm, I don't want that. So <laughs> <laughs> now I'm sort of I'm sort of back into it though. So. Um, so That's probably after good. we've recorded this, I'll watch movies, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so crazy this time of year. There's so much going on. Um, it's hard to like to fit in the stuff that's, you know, you know, you should be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that is. But, you know, that's life. Life happens. Um, Life happens. In movie news recently, um, the Spider-Man movie came out this weekend. And has been making insane records for pandemic time box office. Yeah, I mean, good for Spider-Man, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, it had a $253 opening weekend. The third best domestic opening ever, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Considering, you know, how many people are still not going to the movies. I think a lot of people came out of their little hidey holes for Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, you've been seeing the videos of just like packed auditoriums. Yeah. I, th- like I think I think yelling people, at the screen and stuff. people. I mean, I know they've been packed here because I had a couple days unexpectedly off this past week and I I thought about going like because it was thursday and friday I, I had some like early time off and i was like oh i could go see it because nobody will be in the movies at like two in the afternoon on a thursday well it was sold out so i was like wow. okay on a thursday um, 2 p.m on a thursday That's i crazy. had to assume that people got their kids out of school for it um wow. that or people were like let me go see this movie before my kids are out of school um, <laughs> the smart also choice. a very valid valid approach either way is valid um so you know it, it was kind of alarming because, like, also this past week, New York's case positivity rate was doubling, like, every other day. So it was sort of like, mm, maybe we don't do this. Um, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, what can I, you know, what can I, I'm sure most of them bought tickets long before Omicron was even, like, on our radar. And things were pretty good here until then. So, um, yeah, I guess... Uh, it is what it is. It, great, great. I mean, I'm happy to see movies back. It, it's like a mixed bag of feelings about it. It's right. sort of like, I don't, I don't know how to feel. Cause I feel like it's kind of like scary. Also like I want to see it, but I like don't feel comfortable seeing it right before I travel to see my family. So I'm like annoyed about that. So like I'm bitter. I will not lie. There's a little <laughs> bit of pettiness. Um, so, you know, I guess it's just like a, an all around confused feeling. Also kind of sucks that like, like West Side Story is bombing kind of hard, but um, right, yeah. I mean, it's a huge, huge movie from a big name director, and uh, yeah. not not performing too well at the box office. But I do, I do think that like, I mean, the cross section of people who want to see West Side Story, but people who are a little bit more COVID averse and cautious. I mean, that's probably a pretty big overlap. I think Marvel probably yeah. has less of that. I mean, Marvel do- definitely has some because Marvel has very universal appeal. Um, right. That's but I would a... suspect that West Side Story as a movie ver- literally appeals to like 5% of like COVID deniers and anti-masker types. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. so whereas the Marvel movie, it probably appeals to quite a few of them as well as people who are COVID averse um, and, and COVID cautious. So, you know, I, I think that's part of the thing that um, it, Marvel just has that sort of appeal. Um, there's a lot more older people who probably would want to see West Side Story, but maybe aren't comfortable seeing a movie in theaters right now. Um, yeah, that's true. Marvel probably isn't drawing the older crowd as much. So yeah, when I went and saw West Side Story last night, it like the the theater in general was relatively busy. I assume most people were there for Spider Man. But West Side Story, there was probably like, I don't know, 15 people in there, which yeah. still is is up there for most of the screenings that I've been to. Right. Because, well, because of where you're seeing it. Yeah. Um, I So my theater was not 
terrible, but I saw it in a Dolby, in AMC's Dolby cinema. Ooh, nice. Um, so, you know, that always has a slightly bigger crowd than your average one because people will shell out for that, um, for especially for like a musical, um, which is also right. why I wanted to see it in Dolby. Yeah, um, that's got to be the best uh, way to see it. Right. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, but so like, but I would suspect that if I'd seen like a standard showing, it would have been even fewer people. But even like the Dolby, like I'm used to Dolby pretty close to open. I mean, it wasn't a weekend, but it had just opened like you know, the weekend prior, I saw it like on a Tuesday after it had opened the week, you know, it opened on that Friday previously. Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't, it wasn't as busy as I think it, it should have been. Um, it sucks because it's getting really good buzz. Like there, like there's no, there's nothing working against it other than the pandemic. Um, yeah. You know, it's the sort of thing where, you know, under normal circumstances, you'd expect this to do quite well. You know, it's mm-hmm. released around the holiday time. It's a big name. It's a well-known musical. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah. no, like, there's nothing really, there's not been any, the critics love it. There's yeah. not any sort of real backlash to it. Uh, no like there was for Cats or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess there's like some people who just don't like West Side Story in period, period, like certain segments of like musical fan base who don't just think it's kind of outdated and, and antiquated um, as a show. But of course, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, I think the movie kind of corrects for a lot of those issues. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe I, it just kind of sucks. It sucks to see. I mean, I haven't seen Spider-Man. Maybe Spider-Man is equally as good as this movie, but like, I thought this movie was very good. So it sucks to see it like bomb pretty hard. So, right. But. Uh, Nightmare Alley was also released this weekend yes. and, um, it is not doing well at all. Um, yeah, well, that's not it, shocking. I mean, that, that, that was a harder sell during the, the pandemic. Yeah. A lot of movies. I mean, I, yeah, I, it's tough because like you want to say, well, it's Guillermo del Toro. Like everybody loves Guillermo del Toro. I would wager that your average moviegoer doesn't really go to a movie for Guillermo del Toro necessarily. Um, they might like his movies, but he doesn't like command like, like Steven Spielberg, like you would expect to. Um, but I don't know. I, yeah. I did think it would do a little bit better than it's doing, but I, again, I thought it would do better than it's doing before Omicron became a thing. It, it's really hard to, you know, again, I think the cross section of people who want to see Nightmare Alley and people who are really, really worried about COVID and Omicron are pretty much the same section of people. You know, they're the same segment of the population. So, yeah, kind of just. Yeah, sucks. I was really looking forward to this one. I'm, I haven't seen it yet, but because uh, I'm reading the book right now, actually, I'm tr- hoping to finish it up. But um, yeah, like it's it's only it's made like one point nine five million this weekend, yeah. which is pretty bad. But it it seems like it'll be really cool, you know. It's Guillermo del Toro mixed with the 1940s sideshow performers and stuff. It seems like it'd be pretty interesting. Have you have you seen the original movie? I have not. I've been meaning to get around to that too. I've seen it. Um, I liked it. I had my film noir phase when I took a course on film noir, so I I watched the original back in like college. It had been my like the summer between my third and fourth year. Um, and I really liked it at the time. Um, I do know that the original movie was also not a box office hit, so it's kind of funny mm. um, that this one is also not really doing well. Um, but yeah, um, I do want to see it. How's the book? Is the book good? Uh, it's really good. It's okay. very fun. Um, and it's like it 
hops around a lot. It's got very interesting characters and it's really like gets you down in the dirt with like the crazy stuff that goes on at the uh, sideshow. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm a big fan of the setting. I don't know why I said obviously as if people just know that I'm really into like carnival stories. Um, this obviously. is all because of that time we watched Cirque du Freak. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> this is like giving me vibes of like Cirque du Freak. That's like kind of insulting to Nightmare Alley. Um, <laughs> well, Nightmare Alley walked so that uh, so Cirque du Freak could run. <laughs> Cirque du Freak. <laughs> the saga of Darren Shan by author Darren Shan. <laughs> um, you're right. Walk so it can run. Um, yeah, I really want to see that movie. And that's a movie that like under normal circumstances, even right now, I'd probably go see. Um, because like I know the crowds wouldn't be very big. Um, but again, because I'm not, I'm I'm trying to be extra cautious until I'm at my parents' house. You know, I'm just not. I'm yeah. not doing anything. Um, yeah. I'm hoping but, to see it next week, maybe. But I'm, yeah. I'm like starting to get the vibes that it might leave quickly. So I'm like, I gotta, I know I want to get it in there while it's still in theaters. I think I'm fortunate in that in New York, there are so many theaters. It will definitely be playing in one place, at least by, you know, by next week as well. Um, yeah. So, because it just opened. Um, so, you know, I think, um, yeah, it's just an unfortunate, you know, I think under, nor- you know, if th- if this were 2019, when this exact weekend were happening with West Side Story out and Nightmare Alley and Spider-Man opening on the same weekend, I think Nightmare Alley would still be doing okay. Um, but because of when we are, I think people are being really choosy about what they see and the obvious choice that a lot of people are going to make is Spider-Man. They're not, yeah. you know, they're not going to pick the Guillermo del Toro neo-noir film. They're just not going to do that. Um, right. The, so. uh, the, there's no trickle down here. Like everybody's saving their movie going for the big, exactly. the really big pictures. Yeah, people are like, well, if, if I have to take a risk, I'm going to do it for this, you know, and you know, to their, to their credit, I would argue that the Spider-Man movies are generally the better of the Marvel bunch. So, makes sense but like um (laughs) um yeah i don't know just it does it does and the reviews are also really good for it so it's like there's nothing turning people away at this point um unlike like eternals which still did fine but not exactly what marvel wanted probably um because probably reviews weren't great so it did turn away the people who were like well maybe but i could wait if it's not good (laughs) i think Um, people probably were also again saving up for spider-man they were like you know why would i see this when spider-man's gonna be out in a month i think it depends on where you i mean i I don't know like it just depends here like movies were still have been selling out pretty consistently on opening weekend and stuff like that and that didn't really happen with eternals even here um so I don't know. It, it's just hard. It's hard for me to gauge because I think New York is having a slightly different reaction to a lot of things. Like for one right. thing, it, everything here, you have to provide proof of vaccination. Like you can't do literally anything except go to the grocery store. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. uh, and you have to wear a mask inside literally anywhere. Like there's no, you know, so I think for a lot of people who are COVID averse, they're actually still willing to do some more things here than those people might be doing for example, where you live. Um, yeah. So, um, um, you know, I, I think it just, in just another thing about like when I'm in Virginia next week, I'm going to be very, I, you know, under normal circumstances, I'd be like, well, while I'm visiting my family, I will actually go see movies at the cheaper movie theaters that exist in small town, Virginia, um, which would, you know, is a very welcome experience for me. Um, unfortunately, 
I can't do that because there's virtually zero COVID precautions where they live. There's just, it's just a fucking free for all. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't gonna, do that. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I got to say around here, there really aren't a lot of rules about uh, wearing masks or anything or definitely no vaccination requirements. Yeah. Um, I mean, luckily it's a college town. People are a little more normal in those towns. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but there's 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 like yeah, oh yeah, there's yeah. So I we're also near a military base, and we get you get a lot of well. (laughs) To any credit, my my parents' town, the the full vaccination rate is like thirty percent of people are fully vaccinated in that town. I was like, that's sad. That is just like (laughs) embarrassing. Um, That is crazy, and I I can't fathom because like just watching case positivity rate go up in New York. And I'm like, how are there still this many people to infect? How, how, because like 80 some percent of people here are fully vaccinated and that's all ages. It's like, like, it's like, I don't understand how there are still this many people to vaccinate between that and like past infections. I fully don't understand how people are getting infected. Like I just don't know who's left. Um, of course the thing is probably most of our cases are pretty mild here because of that yeah. fact, um, getting a lot of breakthrough. Yeah. Which is totally uh, like, that's, you know, I'm not super worried about that. Um, but it's like down where my parents live though. I'm like with 70% of people unvaccinated. Yeah. It's going to like tear through that little town. Um, <laughs> um, good Lord. I don't know how people I, I've gotten so into the New York bubble. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) gosh we get hit hard but we're all like normal about it we're like yes i can fuck except for like the four people protesting outside of an applebee's in queens i mean i don't know like um those embarrassing uh... thing that watching that (laughs) trend on they were like oh these people pro like right wingers tweeting about look at these people protesting out of a new york applebee's maybe proof of vax is a bad thing and i was like it's like four people in fucking new york city like i'm sorry of course (laughs) we have proof of vax mandates we have had it the whole time like we've had it for months now like (laughs) what are you talking about like um embarrassing people are so embarrassing but that's only four people in new york you know you don't really see that here too much um so yeah it's a weird time right it's now. It's a weird time. You know, movies are, feel like movies are being hit hard is the real. It's to circle back to our actual topic <laughs> of conversation. To bring it back to our alleged theme of this podcast. Uh, yeah. It's, I, I can't blame people for not thinking movies are like a big priority for them. No, the certainly. You know, like I mean, for me, we, it would be the one thing I'm willing to do. Right. Like I would skip other bars and stuff for movies. Um but we I always, can't expect other people to feel that way. Yeah, it's true. We always try to push the importance of the theatrical experience. Right. But the reality is, you know, you still can watch movies at home and get most of the same experience. Also, going to the movies right now is not necessarily an enjoyable experience if you have to like wear a mask the whole time and be afraid of like the people around you. So I can understand why some people wouldn't want to do that. Right. Right. Exactly. It is, um, it's something that I'm willing to put up with for now because I like going to the movies that much, but there, <laughs> there's only so many people out there who are as crazy as I am. Right. I mean, but I'm with you. I'm one of the same. <laughs> like I, you know, like I said, if, if it were normal circumstances, I'd probably still go to like movies that I don't expect to be packed. Um, think about going to a movie theater, at least if you're going to a big chain, um, you can pretty much guarantee that they've installed like the really good air filters, you know, like there, yeah. there's, you know. There's a, there's a lot of like, it's a relatively 
okay thing but if the circumstances are right like if it's not super packed and people are that i mean where you live it's i don't know where i live it's like there's high air filters and everybody is vaccinated and and mostly masked people take them off when they sit down i you know i'm not gonna nobody and nobody tells them to because their ushers don't do theater walkthroughs anymore i mean that's not a thing. Yeah. um <laughs> so um i think that regal upgraded all their ventilation systems and i know that the I employees all have to have masks i thought i remembered that reading that they did because when movies were just opening back in new york i i compared the precautions of regal and amc just because i was like if one is doing better i'm gonna just you know, I was wanting to do AMC because that's what I always do. But I was like, but if Regal is doing better precautions, I'm going to do Regal. Like, um, but I, I think I remember seeing that Regal was still doing fine. Um, and so it just came down to preference. So I picked AMC. But um, and that's just because the AMCs here have bars. <laughs> um, God two bless. Of them now. <laughs> so um, it used to just be one, but now it's two of them. That 34th Street AMC. We've got a bar. Um, they don't have their beer tap lines running, though. That's a sad thing. You have to get bottled Ooh. beer. Yeah. But they're going to. And when they do, it's like they have like 12 draft lines, which is crazy for an AMC. Damn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for a movie theater. That's yeah. nuts. Um, for a movie theater, I, again, that's an AMC. Like the Violet yeah, Crown like has like Alamo eight. Or something. The Violet Crown has like 24 draft lines. That's the Violet Crown in Charlottesville or Austin or Santa Fe. Um and then the mm-hmm. the Nighthawk here has like eight to ten, depending on which one you go to. So, you know. Um, and of course, the Alamo has a bunch. <laughs> yeah, it's called the Draft House. But um, by the way, the new uh, Alamo in DC just opened. Um, I'm hoping yeah. to get to go to that over the holidays. Really? But, That'd yeah, be exciting. Maybe. Like, well, the, if DC I have time. is not doing great right now, but you know, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Nothing is comparing to New York, which has officially, you know, keeps registering the highest case cases ever. So that's nice. Really nice. I'm really having a good time right here. Love um, that for you. <laughs> I'm really having flashbacks to those early days of COVID when I was like afraid to walk out of my front door. I was like, it could be in the air. You know, those days. Um, that's that's where we're at. I mean, it's going to start feeling like that movie Songbird um with uh, oh no you know no. the one yeah <laughs> remember when i watched that paid money to watch that movie oh yeah that was a choice um yeah truly a choice but that's where we're at hopefully soon we'll be able to see movies in theaters with a little bit less fear you know like back to like the normal level of covid fear while seeing a movie right now things are extra extra scary just because there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of COVID going around. I swear I know more people with COVID in New York than without at this moment. Like if I really? started wow. doing numbers, yeah. Um, just because like it's it's ripping through my office. It's like it's it's crazy right now. And like, you know, ripping through my office and leadership has said not a word. Um and I'm like, but people are like sick. <laughs> um shouldn't yeah but, do something? Yeah. Um you think. Um so, you know. It is, uh, it is, it is a fun time to be a New Yorker. Maybe less fun than living on the West Side during West Side Story, and <laughs> being there when it seems that everything was just a complete free for all as well. <laughs> um, yeah. Is there any big movie news that we haven't? Like, what is there any news? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, nothing that I've come across. I can't really think of anything else. 
everything's kind of dead right now. It's the holiday time. Um, I guess did was it did nominations for something just come out recently? Um, I can't remember what that was. Um, I don't know. Oh, they did move the Black Phone yes. to next so, summer. Yeah, that was one that we were anticipating that we'll now have good. to wait. The trailer is pretty good. A few um, more months for it. Yeah, it looks awesome. It's kind of interesting because I, you know, I, I there was um who's the guy Scott who's the guy that we both follow on Twitter uh, Scott he, Derrickson, not Scott oh Derrickson. Scott Wampler Scott Wampler he was like I he tweeted that he took it as a sign that they have faith in the movie like as a movie um, as opposed to the assumption you know the sort of implication yeah. was as opposed to a COVID precaution it's hard not to see it as a COVID precaution though because a movie like that is not going to do well under the COVID circumstances right now. It's just not. Um, yeah. I can't believe Scream is still gunning for that mid-January release because it's also probably not going to do super well under these circumstances. Horror just doesn't do as well in general and you're going to put it up against like a very scary new variant. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I hope it works out for them because I want to see Scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've had a couple horror movies do pretty well during covid but, but i don't think it's... any of them have come out during like the worst surges yeah that's I mean, it that's the, the difference we're, like, we're, hit, we're heading into this, a they, surge they're not going to do spider-man numbers in the middle yeah. of omicron so we're, we are heading into a surge that's like gonna it's gonna be like fine if you're vaccinated but it's gonna be like very scary just looking at the numbers and i think that will deter a lot of people you know um true yeah so it's just it's a it's a tough tough call to make though tough call <laughs> but i wouldn't be surprised if we get some more movies being pushed back like if you're if you're in that january time frame when that's probably when the peak will be of this wave because it's going to come quickly and go quickly just by default because it's it spreads so quickly but um yeah who knows who knows Weird times. It's been a weird two years to be a moviegoer. That's for sure. Well, um, it might be not safe to step into the movie theater now, but <laughs> we're gonna we're about to step into the Buzz on Movies screening room. The Buzz all we on have Movie to do, screening room. All we have to do is say the incantation to open the doors. We sure do. We sure so, do. Remember. Remember to chant along with us at home. <laughs> we come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to, to care. care. Because we need that, all, all of us. us. That indescribable feeling we get when, when the, the lights, lights begin, begin to dim. dim. And, and we, we go somewhere we've, we've never been before. before. Not just entertained, but we somehow reborn together. together. Dazzling yeah. images... On a huge silver screen, sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Our heroes feel like the best parts of us, and stories feel perfect and powerful. Because here, they are. AMC Theaters, we make movies better. It's really, so like, you gotta get the, the way she says the last line is really key for me, because... It's like she's gotten so epic, and then the end is just like AMC theaters. We make movies better. 
It's like very matter of fact. It's like, just like hell yeah. Obviously. I mean, I'm not sure Nicole Kidman has ever been to an AMC theater. I mean, like, <laughs> God forbid. I, you know, I like outside of like very for private. This promo. Right. Out, well, <laughs> definitely not. This is not a real AMC. If that's a real AMC, it's an AMC on like fucking Mars in 2070. Um, she has definitely not been to an AMC outside of like a, you know, a very special premiere in a long time. Um, I will say that she probably has been to some AMCs just because movies have premieres at AMC sometimes. Like I'm thinking like Ghostbusters had one of its premieres at the AMC at Lincoln Square. Um, <laughs> so like Paul Rudd was there seeing it. Fun fact. Um, I did watch the red carpet for a while. Paul Rudd came like 30 minutes after I left. Really bad oh, about that. I am still disappointing. Yeah. I saw many other members of the cast, uh, but not like him and not Bill Murray. Still, still upset. Still Ooh, upset. Uh, damn. I know. Mm hmm. Uh, but I saw like the other leads in the movie. So like that was kind of cool. Cause like some like Finn Wolfhard is like kind of a big deal. Like that, that's kind of cool to yeah. see. Um, but like, it, you know, it wasn't quite the same. Um, I wanted to see Paul Rudd. Damn it. I, I cared more <laughs> about Paul Rudd than Bill Murray. I was like, I just want to fucking see Paul Rudd in the flesh to know that that man is a real man would bring me a lot of joy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's probably been in an AMC for a, a setting like that, but she has never been to an AMC just like, let's go see a movie on a Tuesday. Like, she's never done that. If she does that, she goes to like a fucking boutique theater and rents the whole thing out, um, which makes sense. She's a huge star, but <laughs> I also would not go to a random movie and risk being mobbed by fans. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very strange not if you I, like. Does Nicole went... Kidman, I mean, she's like a big name, but does she like wield that power where like people are gonna like bum rush her like paul rudd i think probably couldn't go to a movie by himself he's like he had that heartthrob thing for so long and like he's i'm still sure there's does. enough but, people who like nicole kidman that would bother her yeah. um yeah just imagine like going into your normal like weekday screening and then like nicole kidman's just well, sitting down well, the when i saw this movie when i saw west side story uh, what's his fucking face? Jesse Tyler Ferguson was there. Fucking, I was like, what the fuck? What are you doing? I mean, he can totally do it. He can go into a movie and the vast majority of people, unless they watch Modern Family, they're not going to like register that it's even him. Also, his hair's like bright platinum blonde right now. It's not even red. So like he, you know, he probably really could get away with it. But I like literally did like five double takes because I was like walking out and I was like, no no and then i was like yes 100 yes and then i checked his instagram and like he was wearing the same outfit that i saw him in that day i was like that's him that was totally him um, he was wearing a mask so it's really hard so in case uh, anybody yeah. cares about him just know that he is pro mask um not that anybody would ever expect different <laughs> from him he very Great. clearly gives that energy but um that's like the only time i've seen a celebrity in a movie theater i'm like i can't fathom doing that but i think he again i think he can probably get away with it like you know he's not nicole kidman or um Paul Rudd. I don't All know right. that's who I keep coming back to. Or like <laughs> Zendaya. Imagine if Zendaya just walked into a screening of Spider-Man. Like it'd be like complete havoc. Like, oh my god. Everything, like it would collapse. The theater would collapse. I don't know. It would be that. like it would be like that scene at the end of Perfume, the story of the murder, where like the crowd <laughs> just tears her apart and like consumes every piece of her. Yeah, basically. Basically. I mean, that's really I mean yeah, can you imagine like like her or Tom Holland in like a movie theater? It'd just be like it'd be you know in Final Destination, the Final Destination, when at the end of it, there's like a th movie theater blowing up and it's killing everybody. It'd be it really would become like that, right? like, like, people like falling in the escalators, like getting like eaten by the gears. It'd be like oh. <laughs> um, um, very fun times at the Lincoln Square AMC. But um, uh, yeah. Oh, speaking of 
Well, wait. No. Lincoln Center? Yeah. Are you going to talk about the Lincoln yes. Center call yes. out of this movie? The Lincoln Center. So, <laughs> We're going to get to the we, movie finally. <laughs> since we've referenced the Lincoln Center, um, the opening of West Side Story starts with a shot showing like the tenements being knocked down and a big sign showing like the soon to be constructed Lincoln Center, <laughs> which it's is a place where you can go and watch this movie right now. Well, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's be clear. It's not. It's so there's the Lincoln Square AMC and then there's the Lincoln Center. Those are two oh, different okay. things. Now, Never the mind. movie theater only exists because of Lincoln Center. So, the, you know, the two are very, very connected. But okay. what it really is, is a sign of like, I mean, if you, the, the, I mean, anybody who knows New York now probably thinks West Side Story, the West Side of Manhattan is like the fancy side. Like that's like, yeah. You know, um, but it wasn't always. And like what that what it's calling out is it like something like like this was like, you know, it's a tenements. This is like not necessarily a wealthy part of Manhattan. Shockingly, that's the only reason gangs would ever take root. Right. That's what what gangs are. That's why they form. Um, So, you know, they it's it's showing like gentrification, essentially. Um, It's Mm -hmm. it's a it's a really actually really interesting call out because what Lincoln Center is, is a place where you could have seen the stage production of West Side Story, you know, um, because they do stage performances there. Usually it's like music and operas and things like that. But like you, I'm sure West Side Story has been on stage there at some point. Um, It is a theatrical place. It's it's, it's a theater. So um, it is, I mean, I think think it's a pretty pointed uh, call out from Steven Spielberg to show it there, right? Um, So I really appreciated that. I thought it was, it was very interesting and, uh, also, I saw it at the AMC at Lincoln Square, um, so it was a little <laughs> bit weird. Um, I was like, "That's mm, right across the street from me right now." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I walk because whenever I leave that theater, I I walk past the Lincoln Center to get to my train. So, um, yeah, um, I went to something at the Lincoln Center. I wish I could remember what it was, but uh, which is really embarrassing because it's like a it's a preeminent theater experience in the country, but I don't remember what I saw there. Um, <laughs> Must have been something great. Well, or I'm just like a fucking idiot. Um. <laughs> well, yeah, I liked um, like overall how the like the looming threat of gentrification was sort of like woven in to the movie here. And um, like that was like part of what causes this whole like shakeup that people are the the gangs are losing their territory. So they're fighting over it, what they have left. Yeah, I, you know, and I, I think that is a really interesting and important part of, you know, what, what's going on in this movie and what, what the stakes are for a lot of people. You know, uh, I haven't seen the original in so long, um, so forgive me, but it, I don't know if the original called that out. Um, I don't remember it specifically calling it out, um, but I, I do think it, it really fleshes out what's going on here. And really just like it actually puts things in, in historical context because that's like reality that is a thing that occurred on the, <laughs> uh, yeah. in so much of new york um and so people are trying to hold on to their turf and that's really important but also just like the idea of like i mean it, people don't want to be like priced out of their neighborhoods um so and, and just like being in a poor neighborhood in new york anyway especially back at that time that's sort of like naturally what's going to happen nobody has money to do anything else so the young the young people find ways to make it work they form gangs they get violent because um, they're angry uh so this is this is the thing that you know. That's why gangs were such a thing for so long, um, and I guess they probably still are in some places. I really don't know. Um, 
um, are, are gangs still real? People always talk about them, but I, um, I think gangs are still around in one form or another. Probably not quite like this, if I had to guess. But yeah, um, like in like I, I don't know in New York, are they still a thing? I have no idea. Um, and I live here. I live here. Um, so this probably says a lot more about the areas of New York that I'm, I'm in. Also, like I'm like I work in Fidei and. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I have to worry about gangs on Wall Street. Um, have to worry uh, about the roaming gangs. Of, I do um, have to worry about like the other vest sort of wearing. I was going to say, vest. realistically, the gang on Wall Street is just vest bros who do a lot worse than um, <laughs> intimidate some people. They actually, you know, steal money from your average citizen. So, but like, you know, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. Um, I, I do, I really did like that added touch of like, it, it's very clear that like everything is, is sort of, you know, the, the neighborhood is being torn down. It's going to be rebuilt and it's going to be re- rebuilt into something where a lot of these people can't really afford to live anymore. Um, especially, uh, you know, the, the Puerto Rican segment of the, of this movie who obviously they're immigrants and they are, you know, they're coming here. They're not, a, it's a pretty hostile city. It seems for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're obviously having trouble having some trouble like managing which you know that's a, a big thing with the movie um i mean the 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 jets are also having trouble um a lot of that seems to be maybe you know they cause a lot of their own problems but <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> um you know that's yeah so um yeah i i appreciated that i appreciated specifically the lincoln center call out even though it made me squirm a bit in my seat i was like mm, i'm here um <laughs> so yeah that like that was good you got like lots of um like the semi demolished buildings worked into the scenery of the movie and in, in big scenes taking place in like rubble basically yeah i mean so much of it is literally like in and rubble or like demolished, I mean, or just like vacant space. It's very, I mean, honestly, living in New York now, it is extremely hard to imagine even seeing that this much like vacant lot in New York City. I'm like, that, that, that's not a thing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I've well, seen one vacant lot in my time. This now, is so. why they, they knocked it all down and they built all that stuff on top of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, um, it, yeah it, it really does i mean the whole it has a very like it has a it has a very what fox news thinks new york city is like <laughs> to it all um, oh god <laughs> they're like, burning our cities to the ground everything is like crumbling at all times there's like roving gangs just ready to like beat you up or stab you for some reason um they're, they're all angry um everybody's loud you know that's this is what this is what uh this is what this movie sort of makes New York out to be, which it works for the movie. I'm not, that's not a criticism. <laughs> um, it's also, you know, the New York of, of old was, you know, less safe. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was a time. Especially this, this time period in this specific part of New York was mm-hmm. clearly not a great place to be. Yeah. So, you know, it makes perfect sense. Um, yeah. It establishes the, the, what's happening very quickly too. I, I appreciated how efficient it was. Like they don't need to tell you that like people are being priced out and everything's being rebuilt to be gentrified. It, it just, you know, like you can tell immediately the movie just lets you know. Yeah. There's a lot of really great visual language in this movie and like it told through both like scenery and through action, like that scene at the beginning where the jets 
like sort of all accumulate and then run into the Puerto Rican neighborhood and they like they're defacing that mural like you, you can yeah yeah the, the puerto rican flag and you can like right away see like like these are the conflicts going on in this neighborhood mm-hmm. they have like the the part where they knock a sign off of a um a puerto rican restaurant it shows that it used to be an irish pub so you right. can see like that the tensions over a new group moving into the neighborhood um right. so yeah I, and and the movie in general like is really good at, at doing those that sort of visual shorthand without I mean, like having to, to explain to you. Steven Spielberg, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It, it's, um, yeah, it, it, do, it does a lot. It does really good at that. I mean, it's not shocking that, that again, Steven Spielberg can do that, but it is, it is still sort of impressive. The, the number of things the movie doesn't need to come right out and tell you, you just pick up on, um, there are a lot of other movies that would have even maybe been, you know, m- tolerable movies that would have had to do a little more work to let you know. Um, but, the, you know, Steven Spielberg doesn't need to do that. <laughs> he can let you know in like two shots exactly what's going on. It's pretty, yeah. you know, he's a he's a master of what he does. So, <laughs> yeah, other other things about the movie, like visually that I really liked um, just the the way the camera moves in this movie is really cool. There's a lot of neat crane shots mm-hmm. that show you like sweeping views of like the the neighborhoods and the parts that are being demolished. Right. Um, there's really interesting shots during some of the dance numbers and the uh, the musical numbers. Um, like the I'm I'm thinking about the the scene where um, they're like they're fighting over the gun in that when they're singing cool mm-hmm. and yeah, like they, it, and it's moving around as they're jumping over these holes in the uh in the pier or whatever um and that like the camera just moves really cool there and That's also awesome. that, really that scene um with uh like tony and maria uh singing together outside her window um shot like through the bars of the um of the fire escape mm-hmm. really cool shows like their separation and then moving together um just a lot of really interesting choices made here that um made it a really f- uh fun movie visually very interesting to watch yeah I, it was definitely I mean, he just, Steven Spielberg just like mastered. I mean, imagine being able to just like pick up your first musical. You do fucking West Side Story and you just like hit it out of the park. Like, just like in filming a musical, which is not always an easy thing to do. A lot of musicals do not, a lot of directors do not know how to film a musical. Um, it's it's yeah. notoriously difficult to make a like excellent movie musical that's like actually good for critical you know, like actual, you know, there are a lot of movie musicals that I like that I think are actually like bad movies. I'm thinking of like rent rent is not a particularly good movie, just like in terms of craft of filmmaking, but like West side story is like a good movie in terms of just like pure craft, which is insane that he just like picked it up and did it so well right away. Um, also the costuming in this movie and like the way that like the, the jets were constantly in like, their like black and white leather jacket type looks like, and then you had the, the quote unquote sharks. They really don't call them the sharks that often, but they are the sharks. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, like the Puerto Rican uh, cast all was like wearing these like warmer colors. They're like bright. They're, they're different fun colors. And so like, when you see them at like that scene where they're the dance in the gym, 
it's like so like stark the like the costuming differences in these different characters um which just made for really good good balance and contrast um when mm-hmm. you're watching these dance yeah. numbers between these different like forces within this neighborhood um i thought it was i mean also like it like I don't, I don't know. Like the, the Puerto Rican costumes were just like more exciting to look at half the time. So it was like, I root for them because of that, but <laughs> um, so you rooted for them because of the costumes. Okay. Yeah. That's really not why this movie. I mean, I would say that unlike the original West side story, there's more of a side to be taken in this movie. Like it's, it's really hard not to come down on one side in terms of like, you know, um, I don't know. I, I, I would say that the original movie tried to make it like sort of both sides thing. This movie did not really try to do that. Um, yeah, I think the the sharks are much more sympathetic characters yeah, in yeah. this one, um, just because of the way that like the story is laid out and everything. And but I, mean, I think also maybe just like by nature. I mean, I I think it's hard not to look at the original story through a contemporary lens and think, well, obviously one group here was getting the shit end of this stick, like. <laughs> um right but. right but also like i think i that like the gangs are portrayed as being organized around very different concepts and in this yeah, movie yeah. particularly yeah. Mm-hmm. like the the sharks are there to like protect their people because they're getting like bullied in their neighborhood and they're getting like you know people are coming through and vandalizing and doing mm-hmm. violent things to them whereas the sh- the jets seem just organized around mayhem they're there to cause trouble yeah they, they really they are just there to cause trouble and like a sort i mean they, i mean they have a very like almost like nationalist like protect my turf kind of vibe to them right they're they're like we this is our space this is us and of course yeah. i mean they 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 say some objectively racist things about <laughs> yeah um, so like it really does come across as like nationalist like uh we you're not going to take us out of our home kind of kind of thing um and it's a, it's a i mean I don't really know that the original show and movie wanted to linger on that aspect in the same way. You know what I mean? The the original mm-hmm. wanted to show that it was like, just like competing things. And like, yes, there was a race component to it, but the, I mean, the original sort of made it seem like it was like, sort of like both ways race component. This is not, I mean, there's no both waysing the way these are presented. I think that's a good thing to be clear. I'm not, um, it's not a criticism. I think that's the right choice for making West side story in 2021. Um, but um yeah, so it, it's, they, I mean, it was, it's like, it's nice to see the movie like update itself for like the story could, this story can easily come across as like antiquated and like very like, oh, you're like living in an old understanding of race and New York City. But this movie really did show that it's like, no, you can take this story template and make it like still relevant and still interesting and like not, you know, bad like there's a there's a way to tell this story that's really really offensive (laughs) right Um, and this movie really really did a good job of of not doing that um um so i i that was very well very welcome because that was like my concern going in i was like i'm afraid i'm gonna watch this movie and come out and be like oof cringe but (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i do think it, it did it walked a pretty good line of like remaining true to the original uh material while making like some small tweaks to make it uh, like more acceptable to a modern audience and like to emphasize the the parts of the story that you know were not so much a part of the original one like the taking specifically the racism angle right um and putting that to the forefront 
I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it really, it, it made the movie so much more about that element, right? It, you know, instead of making it just like this, like ill-fated romance, it was like, it was sort of like the backdrop was really so much more about like racial tensions. Um, yeah. An and extremely that, relevant I, way to do a movie in 2021. Um, right. And so. I think it made it, it made it like um, much of a bigger story too. Yes, like that it showed that like there yeah there's this romance going on but like the the, the like the macro level of what's going on and then we, when you also bring in like the whole gentrification thing mm-hmm. the different forces that are coming to bear in this specific neighborhood uh, makes it into like just a bigger story that you've got like zoomed in on this small part of it right. um so i thought that was really cool yeah i i thought it was you know um Speaking to that, that the way one of the the key things that did that um, Rita Moreno singing somewhere instead of like making that like a romance number was just like yeah uh, you know that that's one of the bigger creative moves from the original show and movie because um, that somewhere is typically a, a romance song you know it's Tony and Maria talking about how sometime they'll get away from the gangs and they'll be able to be together Rita Moreno singing it is you know it's about how she as you know in this community of immigrants will someday be welcome. There will be a place for them. Um, it's like gutting. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and she's, and she's like, she's singing about like finding a place away from like the violence and all the, the horrible forces that are coming through this neighborhood. Right. Just like trying to find a place where people are at peace. Um, right. And it was, it's a, it's a very interesting change. Um, you're right. And like, especially having her in that role. And of course they had to uh, sing a song. They weren't going to put her in and then not give her any singing. (laughs) Right. Right. So like, Um, as soon as I saw, I was like, well, that's interesting. Like, why are they having her sing that line? And they're like, oh yeah, well they had, they had to give something to Rita Moreno. mm -hmm. Um, but they also in doing so they, they, it was a very conscious choice of what they gave her. Yeah. They didn't give her like some, like. They didn't like inject her into Dear Officer Krupke or something stupid like that. Um, Yeah, no, no. It's very fitting that she sings that song and it it, it recontextualizes it. Mm -hmm. um, And I think honestly for the better, I think, you know, um, uh, like a lot of interpretations of Romeo and Juliet, West Side Story often gets this interpretation that can be like overly reliant on like stupid kids making stupid romantic choices. But like doing this, it just, it made the movie about something so much more than that. And the romance is just like a, a, an integral but just a component of that all the same um right so um and i think it worked i mean it worked really really well she hit it she was very very good um in in that role and in that song um so i really appreciated that i mean kind of i mean i like i'll drop a hot take i like ansel elgord in this movie i don't know why some people don't like yeah. him i thought he was quite good um he was great yeah i was i did want to see more tony and maria singing together but like <laughs> i thought it, it was totally worth it um, that rita moreno got to sing the song so um, yeah when they sang together they were amazing yeah. uh rachel ziegler is also oh yeah i mean she is sick she is definitely like the 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 big breakout of this movie. Yeah. yeah. She's she's the a breakout star for yeah. this one. Mm-hmm. Uh and her and Ansel doing the duet yeah. was really incredible. So it's um, like it's like her and then um Mike Face who played Riff. They really oh, yeah. they shine in this movie. They they everybody's going crazy them, about yeah. him. <laughs> um he's and, and that's such a uh interesting side character. Um and 
like you get to see riff uh played off against tony in the ways that they're different and right um he really brings so much life to that character and makes yes. him like of course very yeah. he has a big history on the stage as uh in dear evan hansen but um <laughs> oh <laughs> he was oh connor in dear evan hansen but um, <laughs> um that, that's one of his biggest claims to fame in the theater world Oh boy. Um, he was nominated well, for a Tony for it. Um <laughs> He's probably glad that he was in West Side Story instead of the movie, the movie. version of that. Um yeah. yeah. Um you're probably right about that. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah. Um but he was just so good. Um and and so was Rachel Ziegler. Um they were they were really like the the standouts of this. I mean, I did think Ocel Elgort was good. I thought he was probably one of the weaker of the cast, but that's gotta say that's like not really a criticism because like the cast is like all phenomenal there's like yeah. so much talent and they do so well in this cast just like just about everybody who has a role that you can do something with is doing something with that role really well um so you know but um i do think um rachel ziegler and, and mike faced really are the big the big the big stars here rita moreno is up there but she's already a star she doesn't need a breakout <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah that's true and also logor doesn't need a breakout either he's you know he's he's fucking done divergent and fault in our stars he's good he's set for life but um yeah um but rachel ziegler really i mean had i don't know if i has she been in anything before that we should have seen uh well she was in the credits as introducing so that's what i thought she can't, yeah. have, she can't have been in anything too big i know she's going to be in the snow white live action movie but that's about it that's what i know She's going to be in the Shazam sequel. Is she really? Oh, she is. I see that. Who is she um, going to be? I don't even. I don't know a lot about that movie, and I don't know who she's going to play. But I'm in for it. Um. Um. I'm yeah, it doesn't look Shazam, like she's been so. in anything else. Yeah. Really. I mean, what a. Um, oh, she's a YouTuber. Um. What? She's a YouTuber. Oh my god. <laughs> um. What a fucking breakout! Like this is like. I mean. It sucks because like this movie is not getting widely seen, but this is really like an an incredible breakout. <laughs> mm. She's just so good. She is so so good. Oh my god, she recorded a video of herself singing "Shallow" that got over a million, <laughs> eleven million oh views on Twitter. We fucking need to we need to cover her cover of "Shallow" for the pod someday. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so that's just like a. What an incredible breakout for her. Um, I, I look forward to seeing what else she does because um, she was really, really good in this. Um, both singing and acting. She did it all. Um, yeah. So, I mean, of course, you were supposed to do that in a musical, but not everybody. A lot of times people in musicals do one or the other. Um, <laughs> um, she did both. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just a lot of great per performances all around. I'd say, and then you know you've got the the ensemble parts. Yes, the the jets and the sharks mostly. Mm -hmm. um, just like so many great dance scenes, I think from those, and and they really like so. So the dancing in West Side Story has been like uh, mocked to death for like you know the idea of having gangs doing ballet or whatever. In so this good. movie, I think yeah, I think I think they did a really good job of you know keeping that, but like staging it in ways that didn't seem quite so goofy. You know, like they'd have them running down streets 
And because of the act, like the space that they gave them to do that in this movie, mm-hmm. it just seemed more natural. I don't know how to describe I it. Exactly. I mean, I mean, it, it definitely, it was very clearly influenced by the original and how the dancing was and like the original stage show and movie. Um, it was very clearly working off of that as a groundwork, but yeah. it did like sort of adapt it too. It wasn't, it wasn't quite the same as like everybody doing like full blown ballet the whole time, you know? Um, yeah. So, and, and I, th- I thought that was good for a movie in 2021, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's one of the things that you can actually see, like what, what an update of an older movie should be is you can see like the actual benefits of the newer cinematic technology. They're able to have the camera be more mobile and they're able to, extend shots more have more moving shots have shots that take place across a wider range of space so they're able to do that choreography much differently and in a way that seems a little more naturalistic that doesn't seem as much like a stage performance right yeah it it, yeah i agree with that you know um it, it was a prime example of what a, a movie musical is supposed to do when you're adapting it. And when you're remaking it for a new, new era. Um, <sighs> yeah. I really, I really enjoyed a lot of the dancing in this movie. <laughs> that was really good. Um, and dance is not a thing that I know well, so I'm not going to pretend to try to talk about it too in depth, but um, yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was visually very appealing to watch. It was fun. It was dynamic. Um, it felt like fluid and fitting for the characters and the scenes that they were in. Um, you know, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really liked the the school dance scene. Yeah, that was um, where you got to see like the the two two sides of the neighborhood basically coming together, and you could see their different dance styles playing off each other. Also, of course, their different costumes mm-hmm. and the the color patterns were different, um, and it really made like for a great contrast. It did, it, yeah. Yeah, there that that whole scene. I mean, that whole scene was really, really fucking well done. I mean, it's it, there weren't a lot of scenes in this movie where you get that, to see. Um, oh, go ahead. No, go please, go for it. Go continue. The fight, the fight scene at the um at the salt house. Ah, yes. Whatever. Uh, that was really cool. Um, that like first of all, the setting there crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like that massive warehouse and those big piles of salt. Again, does that exist in New York? I'm sure it does, but that seems crazy to me. <laughs> it um, must somewhere. There's got to be somewhere that they keep the salt. road salt for yeah. stuff. Yeah. There've got to be multiple places. Yeah. Every borough must have at least one. <laughs> you see those big like triangular silos. That's usually where they keep that stuff. Well, now. that's where it. Sh- I was going to say that's what it looks like when you're not in New York. I don't know if that's true when you're in New York. <laughs> you're right. It might be different. Yeah. Uh, I know I've got a, a salt manner. silo outside of the city, but like in this city, I don't know if I would, I don't know if it would look like that is all I'm saying. There's gotta, there's gotta be some way of doing it. Yeah. But, I'll, Google uh, it. I'll Google it sometime and I'll, I'll, I'll go on a tour of the salt silos. All we're now I'll find them all. Um, it'll, be like, to... it'll be like a Spider-Man Miles Morales video game, like task. You have to go find each of them. <laughs> you have to go out. You have to go out and like record a sound from At inside each of the, the song. <laughs> yeah. Does this sound match what, what's on the tape? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> that was such a weird mini mission. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're, we've, we've delved off into infrastructure and now we're on video games, but getting back to the scene at hand, um, 
uh, like the setting was really cool. Again, uh, the only the sort of thing that you can do in a movie like this um, with the, the it, access to this kind of budget. Um, but like they they made it so much more of like a big event. Yes. With the way that they said this, because like I've seen I've seen the move, the older movie, I've seen the stage musical and the the fight always seems like just like a cup bunch of people tussling but this makes it seem like a battleground almost. yeah i, it's, I think it's i think so big. often the the fight scene is sort of portrayed as like a sort of in the dark tussle kind of random everybody's like sort of like just scrambling around this movie made it like a big big ordeal yeah it was a huge event um so i i agree with that i i thought it like it, it i mean it, it was like a like a, a platform in a fighting game and like super smash you're like in this big setting and like you know we're all gonna brawl here and it's gonna it's gonna be crazy um it's also a very upsetting scene <laughs> yeah yeah obviously we get two major characters dying in that scene yes um and it's just it's sad it's yeah. senseless yeah. um you really like I, I I love the way the scene is set up, how like there's just so many times where it seems like everything's about to blow up yeah. and then it finally does. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and then and then the cops come and just blow the whole thing up. And that that shot at the end of the scene where the cops are coming into the silo oh, where yeah. you, it's like filmed from the top and you can see their shadows creeping across. Yeah. Uh, you so can see, cool. like the two bodies. In the yeah beams yeah and, two eyes yeah. line out there um this movie did a lot of cool work with shadows um like having them projected onto other uh objects like creeping across um i'm, tr- I'm trying to think of another example but um uh an example from the end of the movie actually and this is something i want if you go see this movie in theaters stick around for the credits because the the beginning of the credits is all like these time lapse. Sorry, Elizabeth Warren has COVID. Um, continue. Oh, no. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Um, the end of the, the the beginning of the the end credits is all like this um, time lapse photography of just like fire escapes and other places around like the this neighborhood. And um, you get a lot of like the shadows moving across as time passes. Um, and I thought that was really cool and really like sort of closed out the visual language of the film there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did such a better, I mean, you've seen it more recently too, but um, you did such a better job of like recording the, uh, the visual language of this film. I was just sort of like swept up in the drama of it all. Um, oh yeah. Well, I, I, that's what I think is, is so great about this is that there's so many, this a movie like this um, is just executed so well on every aspect that you yeah. could like, you could pay attention to something different every time and still get yes. something else out of this movie. Yeah. I was mostly I mean, enraptured by like, the drama of course but also like the acting i was really yeah i just thought like everybody was so good every time anybody was on screen i was like i just want to watch you like act for a little bit this is great every right. every every character was like acting their ass off um so i was like yeah that's great um, and yeah. not like i realized that acting their ass off could also apply to house of gucci in a negative way but like um in <laughs> they're this not case, like hamming it's, like, it up yeah, yeah they're not they're not like they're not jared letoing 
um, they're, you know, they're doing the right thing. They're actually performing it well and in a way that's not distracting. <laughs> right. Um, sorry, One Gary. scene that I thought really, uh, really brought that across was like, so you see so much of like the Jets going around acting tough this whole movie, but then there's a scene where they go to buy the gun and like they get kind of like put in their place in that scene like the guys that are selling them the gun are obviously like so much tougher than they are. Right. And then after that, you see them running around with the gun, like playing, shooting at each other and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, that's what really brings home. Like, Oh, these are just kids. Basically. They don't even know what they're doing. They're like fucking Uh, like 17 year olds and 18 year olds. Right. They're like, (laughs) like, yeah, it's fucking insane. Like, but like getting, getting to see that, like that, that those performances are what, what really get, gives you that idea without even having to explain it to you. You're just like, Oh yeah. Like they're, they're telling us that like these kids don't know what they're doing. They're in way over their heads and they're trying to act tough, but really they're a bunch of kids. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, they are especially, I mean, and that's especially, that is especially true of the jets. And like, um, I think we, we could linger on that for like, um, unlike, like the sharks don't really have the same sort of like we are all super young. I mean Maria is is young. Maria is a yeah. young person. Um but like the sharks are led by like a professional boxer in Bernardo. Like he's not like, you know, he's not a high schooler. Um yeah. he's he's the a sharks... person with an established career. He's an adult. Um that doesn't it doesn't negate like the violence that is inflicted on them by the jets. But it is like it do, it does it does change the dynamic a bit when you like reflect on the fact that the jets are like kids. They are, you know, the sharks are obviously wronged in every way by (laughs) society, by the jets, by everything. But the, the jets are like, also like you realize like some of them are like, like they still like live with their parents and their, their children and they're, they should be in school during the day. Like, but they have families who are deadbeat and don't give a shit if they're in school. And like, um, and so, I mean, and I think the original movies like really leaned into that as a means of explaining like why the jets are the way they are. This movie like presents it, but it doesn't use it to like exonerate them because it, it's not no. an exoneration for being like racist assholes. Right. <laughs> but no, it, it is like a reality do... that they that they live. Yeah. And we see them do plenty of inexcusable things. Exactly. In the yeah. movie. So it's not to be explained away by them being too young, yeah. but it is it is part of like their characterization and what makes you realize like hey they're they're not they're they don't know what they're doing yeah i mean i I, like, I think it's really important that they're young cuz i i think it like underscores this like yes they are doing a lot of things out of hate and they're doing a lot of things out of hate for people that they perceive to be taking their like homes and neighborhood and and livelihoods and good lord like saying that sentence felt like fucking me trying to write a trump article but like um <laughs> they, you know they they have um it, you know it, it what am i trying to say here i'm trying to say it like they it they are doing all of these like terrible things but like there's a lot of it that's like they are young it doesn't explain it away but like this sort of hate is learned young like and it is instilled in them and nobody's checking it like they don't have yeah. family who's checking it for them like which is where that's you where the, that shit should be checked in the first place unfortunately a lot of parents are racist and full of hate as we all know but like you know 
it, it's like these are children who should they should have families who are telling them stop that shit but they don't have that um, which doesn't excuse them but like it's like it's sort of like more than anything it's like a, this is how this shit keeps fucking happening like <laughs> because they don't have parents who are telling them to stop doing that like yeah so then they grow up to do it and then because they act like that they're sure as fuck not gonna like i mean no offense to you know, whatever, but they're not going to be educated enough to ever learn the difference. And then they're going to let their kids do that someday. Like it's just, it's a vicious cycle. That's like what it is. Right. Um, so, um, which in a way works really yeah. well at, since yeah. this is like a uh, remake. I, too, I, I see know? what you're saying. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, there, um, that kind of ties into the, the officer Krupke number. Yeah. Um, which is always one of my favorites. And, number, um, yeah. I think, I think that was done really well in this one. It's always, you know, um, it's always staged as like the, the guy, ugh, the jets, yeah. like staging these little scenes where they go to the judge and the psychiatrist and stuff like that. But I really liked the way they were like di- disassembling the whole police station as they were doing this. Yeah. <laughs> and like setting up their little scenes, but also making a big mess that they could leave behind <laughs> uh, The performances in that scene were just so much fun, very comical, yeah. but also I thought there was like, there was a bit of an undercurrent to it where like the song is about like how they can explain away, like how they can get away with doing bad shit by blaming it on society. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. I think that's um, very real. Yeah. And it, it is kind of like a white privilege song in a way. They're like, they're, you know, we're, everybody's just going to be like, oh, what a poor kid. Like he didn't have a good upbringing. So he, naturally he's bad. So uh, we can get away with it that way. I, th- um, I, I think you're right. And, you know, I think the originals and the stage show don't really necessarily lean into that interpretation as well. But I think this movie really did. Um, and I, I think it's for the better that it did um, because it is. It's like. It's like, there's like, they have all sorts of excuses up their sleeve. If one doesn't work, they move on to the next one and they keep going. And eventually they get acquitted by a jury, right? Like that's, that's what happens when, when a lot of white people commit violent crimes, um, they find, they find a way out of it. And I think that's what the song is sort of about in a lot of ways. And you really see that when like the song is coming to an end and officer Krupke is there and could be like, you, you know, you're under, you know, they're still under arrest and he just lets them walk out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't bother to stop them it's hard not to think about like earlier in the, in the, um, in, in or not even earlier. I, I am thinking of earlier when you see officer Krupke and Lieutenant Shank all or shrank all at the, uh, at the like lot where they've had their first fight, but even like just seeing Lieutenant shrank running around, like talking to like Anita and Maria and stuff. It's hard to imagine that the officers who spoke to Anita, Maria and the sharks, the way that they did, you know, would have let them go from the jail that way. Like, no, I mean, and they, it's, and they it's, bring that up in one of the scenes with the cops, like do, how, yeah. um, the, the, um, like after the, the mural was vandalized, mm-hmm. they're like, Hey, you can't take this into your own hands. Like if they're, they're messing up your business, you have to call the cops. And like, if I call the cops, you're just going to arrest all of us. So exactly. It's not going to help. Um, and it, you know, the movie, I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's a stance, <laughs> which I appreciated. Um, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's saying something. I, I think another thing that the original, like sort of just like overlooked, right. It, it made the cops kind of like the comedic butt of the jokes in a lot of ways, but it didn't really like call out like 
the active harm that they do um, in the same way. And and this one, it's like, there's like actual harm that these cops do in this community. They are clearly, I mean, Lieutenant Shrank, uh, Corey Stoll, very clearly favors one side over the other. I mean, oh, he, yeah. the, I mean, Krupke is a little more just like, I'm fucking tired of doing this shit. But like, um, yeah, he, Corey he's Stoll just is constantly like, in over his head. He's yeah. just like, what is going on here? Right. But Corey Stoll but, is yeah, like Cor- very clearly on the side of the Jets. I mean, and it's, it's just like, it's, it's like frustrating. I mean, it, not frustrating in that I didn't like the movie. It's like frustrating to watch just how on that side he is because it's like, that's really not far removed from what we see every single day. Right. So yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, well, I, yeah. yeah, I thought his character was very interesting and in that like first you got him in that early scene, like just talk, basically talking to the jets, like, Hey, help me out and I'll help you out. Yep. Like tell me what they're doing and then I can lock them up. And right. then you get him later when he's questioning Maria and like you can tell the entire way that he's talking and questioning them that like he he's just like, oh, that like this is just some Puerto Rican thing that's going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're causing trouble again. Like, let's get to the bottom of this and see who who we can lock up. Uh, not at all concerned about like the the battles that are going on between these clashing gangs, just right. interested in one side of it. Yep. Yeah, he wants to protect one side of it. He, I mean, he's literally like, what's a gang without turf? You have to find a way to save your turf. He tells the Jets that, essentially, which is a crazy thing to tell a gang. Like, <laughs> like all right. shit. Like, <laughs> this is the gang that we want here. The other gang has to go, but this one... Okay. Even though, gotta say, there's only one gang here that is going out of its way to cause violence and harm. There's only one gang that is inciting it, and that is the Jets. The Jets are right. doing it every single time. Like... They are the ones causing the problem. Um, and yet that's the one that the cops are trying to protect in this. I mean, I, officer Krupke is a little bit more complicated as an officer. He's just like tired and he wants it all to stop. He doesn't know what to do. Like he does let the the jets go, which is like a problem, but it's, it's, I don't think he would have done that with the sharks, but it is more of like a resignation thing than anything. Else. Right. You know, it, I th- like the, I feel like the change of his character is very interesting in this one too. Cause he is sort of comedic in the original. Yeah. And in this one, he sort of, he, uh, I feel like he represents like the inability of institutions to deal with these problems. Like yeah. he's just constantly in, way over his head like he's running to try to catch up with gang members and he's like getting winded and stuff and he's just you can tell that he he wants to more more so than Corey Stoll's detective he wants to do something about this but he's just completely incapable of dealing with it I mean he's like he's like that concept of like the quote-unquote good cop who like you know is out there doing the right things all the time and you know is gonna change the force from the inside but like you can't do that when you're the, you know, the people above you, Corey Stoll, who's a Lieutenant are actively causing more harm. Like, you know, like what is he going to do when your direct manager is making things worse? Like how much good can you do? Um, And that's sort of like the position that he's in. Like he doesn't want things to get out of hand, but he's one officer. He's not a rank. He doesn't have any rank. Like he's like a beat cop essentially. And you've got fucking your Lieutenant. Who's just like, well, I kind of have a side here. So, (laughs) um, um, it sucks. I mean, his position sucks and, uh, you know, he's ostensibly not a bad guy, but he's in a shitty situation. So, um, yeah. 
sucks to suck. Um, sucks to be a cop in New York City or anywhere, but um, <laughs> um, because it's a doing shit things and in a shit system. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, <sighs> yeah, I do. I do think the way this movie handled the cop situation again, another very smart update. I mean. It's like, could you imagine if this movie had come out exactly like the 1961 version uh, after 2020? I mean, it would have just been like absolute, <laughs> a brutal meltdown. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it would have been deserved, obviously. Like, um, but um, this movie really was thinking about these things. And this movie has been ongoing for a while. I, you know, I, I don't even know if this movie, how long did it, was it in production? It was a while. Um, yeah, something like this. Probably it started pre-production in 2018 uh, was when, when uh, Spielberg announced that he was doing it at, you know. Um, so filming happened in 2019. So like this happened before like the 2020 reckoning that we all like watched happen on screen. This movie right. was already thinking about that, which is like, you know, good for the movie. Because <laughs> um, um, you can tell that it's thinking about these sorts of questions. Um, well, the, yeah, and these problems have been ongoing. They have, but, but I would argue they weren't in what I like general about public's the, consciousness. Like, what I like about the movie is that it is able to adapt to the times and also, you know, like make these changes without being like heavy-handed about it. It's like we're we're talking about these things, but the way that the movie does it is much more subtle than like coming out and saying like that this is these are the problems. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we should just clarify like, that we're doing like a close reading of the movie. Your average right. moviegoer is probably not going to think that hard about it. Yeah, it's subtle changes in like how how the characters are written in a few of the different events in this movie that really give it a, a more modern message. Yeah, I think that I think can still right. be applied to today. And obviously, even the original, I mean, like the the ideas in that aren't that outdated. Like many of the the idea, like the main ideas of that are still very relevant today. You know, xenophobia is still a problem clashing between people who don't like anyone like them is still a problem. Uh, oh, don't yeah. Like I mean, this movie is still handling still problem. those problems. That's not. You know, it's not like not addressing those issues. It's just that this movie is handling them in a in a more contemporary and nuanced way than I think the original did. Yeah, the original yeah, so definitely had an had an old school look at these sorts of things. I mean, it was a, a story that was conceived in the fifties. Um, just different people had different ideas about this sort of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, like I feel like we are focusing on this a lot, but it, it is probably one of the more interesting elements of the movie that they're able to take like a fifty year old plus musical i guess like 60 year old at least the movie the musical would have been even older but Jesus take Christ that almighty i hate fucking thinking about that <laughs> but take that and like make it um more modern without sacrificing any of the stuff that made it great yeah i mean it's making it more modern it's talking about these issues it's not it's not beating you over the head with anything it, you know it's not it's not so obviously trying hard to be contemporary, which is the the flaw a lot of these sorts of movies end up making is where it's like you can just like feel them like grasping for relevance. Yeah. The movie flawlessly just eases into still being relevant. 
Um, well, I feel like I feel like what like the the lazy way of doing this and what like most people would have do, done trying to adapt this musical for modern audience is to set it in modern times. Oh, yeah. And that would have been be about yeah. modern issues. And there would be so many ways that you could go wrong with that. But this one, you know, it keeps the, the time setting, but it has like the benefit of decades more perspective on the events of those times. Right. And it uses that perspective to tell a more nuanced story. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, you know, the I mean, I think, oh God, I hate how right you are that a modern telling would fucking just do this. <laughs> I know. Right? I'm thinking about it in my mind. I'm just like, oh, God, there's <laughs> like so, so many other versions of this movie that like in many other timelines, Steven Spielberg wasn't chosen. And this movie was set in 2020 um pre-covid <laughs> honestly there's a version there's there's at least two timelines where it's set during covid and, the the, and the gangs are like the gangs are like vaxxers and anti-vaxxers or some shit and it's like a complete oh, okay. <laughs> no. um, that's like no, a the, universe that's out there um <laughs> i was thinking it like the modern that that version of the of west side story would be like a feature length version of that Pepsi commercial where the where Kylie protests, Jenner with the Pepsi Kylie Jenner gives the Pepsi to the police that actually probably, yeah, that, that's definitely in the timeline. That's one of them. I don't know which one, but um, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's also the timeline in which it's just High School Musical. But um... <laughs> Well, that is the West Side Story of our time, so. High School Musical. I, I distinctly remember um, I was in like, you know, school when that came out and somebody was like, I don't like that movie. It's uh, it's like a slap in the face of theater. It's like, it's literally just West Side Story, which is literally just Romeo and Juliet. Can we all just like calm down? Like, um, like it's not a big deal. Because it was like my, my friend who said that High School Musical was a slap in the face to stage theater. And I was like, I do stage theater too. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, I can, I'll never forget that moment. I was in my theater director's office. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, um, yeah, I think you're right. I think there are lots of like lesser directors who would have taken like the cheap way to relevance. Um, which the problem with that is that the cheap way to relevance always leads to irrelevance in like five to ten years. So yeah. and this way, I mean, it's hard to imagine this update ever feeling like just like irrelevant. Like, you know, it it doesn't because the, the you update it to contemporary times. You have to like deal with contemporary technology, like all of that shit that becomes an integral plot point. And then like in 10 years, contemporary technology is no longer relevant. Like, so yeah. um, it's just like this movie definitely made the smarter choice, um, which is, should not be shocking. It's Steven Spielberg, but um, I'm really grateful that he did. I'm glad he chose correctly. What is your favorite musical number? What was your bar none favorite number from this movie? Ooh, oh boy. Um, what's the one um, with Tony Maria in the church? In the church? The church. Are you thinking yeah. about one hand, one heart? Yes, that's it. I I swear I'm familiar with this music. I just don't know any of the titles <laughs> because I used to play. I, I played this music in like concert band you don't get the lyrics oh um, sure yeah of course but um yeah i really like i thought like musically that was one of the best numbers okay of the movie because it was it was so simple it was just the two of them um and like like i said before like the duet of their voices is really top notch yeah um, i do i do really good. like their voices together 
Um, um, also, uh, another uh, close second I want to say is the um, the reprise of Tonight oh, that happens right before the big fight. Um, it is staged like this is always a big number in the musical. Yeah, huge. It's yeah. um, it's like you know all the forces are coming together. They're like a big thing is about to happen, and we're bringing back tonight the the love theme but also bringing in like this menacing element of the gangs singing about what's going down right um but the way it was staged in this was so cool just like moving around showing all the different characters maria getting on the subway right as the jets were walking by with their part coming in Mm -hmm. um oh man just yeah the move the movement of the camera and the the um the fading in of the different musical parts was, was matched up so perfectly. Uh, that's the sort of thing that like, really that's Spielberg at the top of his game. Okay. Plus like, I felt like this, the, the one thing was this was begging for an intermission. And like, I think this is where the intermission is in the, in the stage musical. Yeah. The, so right? yeah, the tonight reprise is followed by the rumble and that's the end of act one. And then that's, okay. that's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, I was like, this is like, this is like, we're, we're closing act one right here. I yeah, was like, absolutely. Damn, we they, really need it. it had a very strong closing act one vibe. And, and the rumble had a very strong opening act two vibe, um, which is slightly mm-hmm. off from what like the stage show typically is. It's the rumble act. It, the act usually ends with the rumble, which also kind of makes sense. It's like a, everything's been building up to this. And now everything after this is like the, the fallout. Um, yeah. Um, so structurally both, both, both versions make sense. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. It, it very much was like, we need intermission. Let's go. Um, <laughs> uh, not that I wanted intermission. This was like a rare two and a half hour movie where I didn't really feel the two and a half hours. I was like, it's breezing by. We are doing this. I'm I'm having a blast. Yeah. Um, so my favorite number is the obvious choice. I fucking loved America. I thought it was so fucking good. I thought it was brilliantly choreographed. I thought it was, oh that was great. The, the costumes are great. The staging was great. That whole thing staging. I guess that's not the right word, but you know what I mean. Um, it was fucking great. Fucking loved it. I mean, I was just like smiling the whole time. It was great. Awesome. Um, also though, I like my favorite song from West Side Story is just Maria. I love when Tony sings Maria. I fucking love mm-hmm. that song. It like makes me emotional. Like that's a good it's one. So yeah. good. Um, so I really like that. And I thought Ansel Elgort did well. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed that. Also not to be super gay, but I feel pretty fucking awesome. Great. <laughs> fucking great. Just such a good song. Such a nice, like it's, it just comes at such a weird time in the show. Like, you know, shit has hit the fan. Like as an audience, you know, so like you're sitting there and you're like, wow, everything is actually really fucking terrible right now. Like, people are <laughs> yeah. dead. Tony is, like, really spiraling. Like, you know, like, all of this is happening. Um, your brother has died, Maria. Um, and Maria's singing this song, and she's so full of hope and joy. And it's, like, it's like gutting. It's gorgeous. It's great. Um, just so good. So good. And it, it feels like... It, this this is also a song that's been like memed into the ground over the years. I mean, people have made fun of this song in many yeah. ways, both in like <laughs> just making fun of this song and also in very homophobic ways, I might add. Um, and oh like this, this song is like just, it's just like, so like the, the frivolity almost of it is so perfect for like the timing in the show. Cause it's like, she's just like fucking happy. And she has this one moment of happiness. And then like two scenes later, 
her life is like never happy again. Like, yeah. Um, and it's just fucking, it's like so sad and great. I, I also like the way that um, it was staged in this movie, like when they were cleaning up the department store and like um, wandering through these mannequin exhibits yeah. of uh, like upper crust type people who will probably be supplanting them from their neighborhoods once the new fancy condos are built in town. Yeah. Um, again, yeah. tied in very well to like the overall gentrification theme. I mean, of this yeah, it's, it's like all of these like Puerto Rican like workers like working at this like store that's like what a Sears and Robux or something. And like, I mean, it's not, it's a, it's a gimbals, but like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yes. Uh, <laughs> um, like they're working at this, like just like stupid, like up, upper scale, like department store. And they're like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it really ties into that. Um, and they're like, they're sort of like living this fantasy of being able to shop there for a moment. All of them. Um, yeah. Or at least Maria is the rest of them are sort of like, Maria, you're crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing? But, like we have Maria's work to very do. much having like her, like I'm in love and it's going to be, it's going to be great now. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to marry this man and everything's great. I mean, we can all set aside the fact that they met like two days ago, but like, um, you know, that is the yeah. Romeo and Juliet plate. They all meet. And then it all happens in a weekend. Although I will say, if you've never had a torrid love affair start and fall apart over the course of one weekend, you have not lived life correctly because that <laughs> is that is definitely a life experience that <laughs> I have oh, had. Boy. Um, but like, um, you know, I think, uh, I mean, usually it doesn't end in death, I will say. Um, but Usually. <laughs> usually. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't know. I just fucking, I really like this number. I thought it was done really, really well here. I loved the like juxtaposition in like the tone of these scenes and like, what that brought out of the characters and also what that brought out emotionally of like an audience. It's like, this is what could be right now. Like this happiness that she's experiencing could be what she and Tony get to feel forever and what other characters get to feel forever. But instead we have these racist assholes on one side and like a system that is benefiting the racist assholes, pushing down the Puerto Ricans who really, you know, deserve fucking better. Like, um, yeah, it like, so it's like, it's just like a, it's like a simultaneously like joyful and really, really sad number. Cause it's just like, you know, that this is a short lived moment for her, um, which is why I think the like silliness of it really like works. Um, so I really, I thought it was done really well. Also just like Rachel Ziegler was great. So it was great to see her like carry a whole number. <laughs> oh yeah. You know? Yeah. I hope she does more musicals because yeah, yeah. um, she was so good in this. Yes. I mean, I am assuming that the live action Snow White will have her singing. So, I mean. Oh, yeah. They, you know? <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be She's going to sing Someday My Prince Will Come, which I love as a song. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm all yeah. I'm already thinking about her singing Someday My Prince Will Come. Oh, God. Am I going to have to see another live action Disney remake? <sighs> if it's if the it could be OK, because I'm thinking of how Cinderella was good. Cinderella yeah, that was, was one of the one. better ones. Um, I feel like the like the the princess ones like have probably the most potential. So I actually think, and not to go onto a Disney tangent, but it kind of makes sense because we're talking about a, a movie musical that is like a romance and like a fairy tale gone wrong. Um, also, this movie this is a Fox movie, which means that it's also now a Disney movie. God, I wish so Mar- Maria is now canonically a Disney princess. I really fucking hate that you said that. Um, <laughs> 
It's like the worst thing. Um, although I'm all in for Maria being a Disney princess because this is a Disney princess who says, I hate now and wields a gun at people. Um, yeah. Oh, man, uh, that scene was so yeah, intense. We, we can get there in a bit. But um, um, uh, um, that's how fucking so many Disney princesses should feel at the end of their movies. Um, that I do. So I think Cinderella was good and I think Snow White has the potential to be good. Not just because it's a princess movie, but because the template they're working off of is, like, relatively short and bare bones. Like, so there's, like, so much room for growth. Right. Um, And it's, like, growth by necessity. It's not, like, like the Lion King or Aladdin, where, like, there's already, like, a feature-length film there that's, like, feature-length even by today's standards. Like, you can get away with a 90-minute movie today. Um, yeah. You can't really get away with, like, a 70-minute movie today like unless you're like a, a a really good horror movie which if any future horror film directors are listening i want your 70 minute fucking movie like <laughs> dude yes um, um so just to be clear like i'm thinking of host which came out in the past year wasn't he honestly that came out in the early pandemic it might have been over a year by now but um, that was yeah that was 2020 yeah um i'm gonna kill myself um so um <laughs> please don't uh, yeah um so you know um you know you can't really get away with that in like a live action movie that goes to theaters anymore. So they're going to have to add things like snow white is not an especially long film. Um, So they're going to have to add things. And so I think it, it benefits from being able to add things that flesh out the story while not being beholden to a story that we all know so deeply. And I think Cinderella benefited from that. I think it's one of the reasons that, and the reason I say that it's not a princess thing is because I'm thinking about the little mermaid movie which runs a real risk because that is already a feature length film. And I think they're going to try to hew pretty closely to the feature length film that already right. exists. Um, and we, we've seen that that can be a problem. It's tedious. It's like really things tedious. like the lion King and Aladdin. I mean, I, I enjoyed the Aladdin adaptation enough, but like, it's like it's biggest flaws that it's like, you're just like some of your scenes, you're just lifting them and repeating them. You don't have to do that reference it but do your own thing it's a fucking it's been decades calm down um yeah so i i I hope snow for snow white anyway and also for rachel ziegler because she you know she deserves to be in like a good movie um yeah also if disney could hit one live action adaptation out of the park that'd be great if they could just like hit one it would it would be nice and And it would it it would kind of be snow white like it'd be great if it were snow white snow white was like quote unquote, the first full feature length animated movie, you know, quote unquote, yeah. let's bracket that with like, was it really? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> that, you know, but um, it, it would be great if that would be the one that they actually do really well in action. Um, yeah. Well, that uh, Snow White and the Huntsman movie was pretty good a while back. Well, so that, that wasn't Disney though. The sto- no, that wasn't them. Yeah. But the, the story that was just has based potential. on the, the concept of Snow White. Yes. It's an old story. Um, right. That movie... You know what? That movie is a lot of fun. That is, it's, it's pretty <laughs> is. ridiculous, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I liked it. I still, I never saw the sequel, but I. <laughs> the sequel is a meme. The sequel the is sequel just like a meme is... from start to finish. So <laughs> you should totally should... watch that. We should like oh, do a God. double feature. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, that someday. Um, this may be a preview of coming attractions. Um, well, I'm sure we'll but... cover Snow White when it comes out. So. All right, so let's let's talk about the final scene since we've referenced it, and then I think the usher is uh, trying to get us to leave the screening room. Sure, but um, yeah, so that that final scene, like, obviously, 
um, if you're familiar with the story of West Side Story, um, at the end of the movie, uh, the Tony thinks that Maria's been killed, so he's trying to get Chino to kill him as well. And then he sees Maria and then so gets killed by too. Chino as he's running towards her. Um, Maria in this scene, though, was incredible. Like, she she sort of, like, delivers the message of the movie here. Where she's like, like, now, the, the part where she's like, yeah, I hate now. And then saying, <laughs> like, how many bullets are in here? Do they have enough for you, 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 all of you? Yeah. God, that's so fucking... <laughs> it's so sad because so much of Maria's, like, arc has been... I mean, I mean, the actress is young. The actress is quite young. Um, and she is really, like, thriving in this role of, like, a young, like, woman who's coming into her own. And she's falling in love and she's growing up and, like... And then she, like, so much of her role has not been innocence, because I, I really think that word gets thrown around too much and also isn't really relevant here. She's, like, very much her own woman in throughout yeah. this movie. She talks back to her brother, which is not an easy task. She, like, stands up for what she wants and believes in. Um, but she does yeah, have a sort of... She's in some way. She does have a sort of... She's in some ways of, smarter than them. She Oh, in a lot of ways, I would argue. Um, but she does in some ways also have this, like, youthful optimism or almost naivety it's not really naivety but like in a, in a certain sense because she knows that like there's a lot of risk involved in what she's doing but it's like it doesn't matter she still wants to do it and so like so much of this like movie has been like her just like saying you know what this is gonna be hard but we're gonna do it anyway um tony has really been the one who's been like naive and believing that like everything's gonna work out just great um you know, in, until shit hits the fan, obviously. But like, he's been yeah. like the like sort of like wide-eyed, fawning like doe in this whole situation. Um, which was, of course, also very true to Romeo and Juliet, and also just like true to like real life. Um, it's just like it's always the men. Um, <laughs> um, so like, um, the but she in this scene just like it's like she's like broken by what happened. Right. Like she's, she's upset and she's angry and she's never really been like, she's been mad at her brother, but she's mad at her brother in the way everybody's mad at her brother. But she's like angry yeah. here. She, and she's pissed off at, in like ways that like, you know, she can't direct at one person. And it's like, it's like heartbreaking to watch. Well, it's like, she's been seeing all this like senseless violence go on around her the whole time. And she it, like now in a way she sort of like, almost understands it in like a cruel horrible way she's like i finally feel like the same thing that you must feel like now i want to kill somebody because of what i'm feeling and like she's been dragged down into the muck with the rest of them i think that's right and but she I, feels I think horrible about it she she does and I, I i mean i think it's like a i think it's a really important like contrast to some of the other scenes we see like um you know, Bernardo, Bernardo kills, uh, Riff. Um, it's sort of an accident, you know, he doesn't mean for Riff to fall into his knife. At the same time, he had his knife out and pointing in the direction of where Riff was standing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were clearly, they were clearly trying to cut each other up. Yeah. Um, I don't know what else you thought was going to happen. You know, um, another thing that kept, you know, a side tangent, everybody kept being like, Oh, Tony killed your brother, Bernardo. And I kept wanting to be like, but Bernardo killed Riff first. Are we, can somebody just like 
stipulate that that occurred. Yeah. Like Tony is mad in that moment. He's not thinking right. And can somebody just like express that for like one moment? <laughs> like it, it, it's all very like everybody's having like crimes of passion, rash in the moment shit. Like nobody is thinking straight in this scene, in these scenes. Um, right. Um, but anyway, moving on from that, um, like, you know, Bernardo kills Riff and then Tony immediately kills Bernardo and, and then Gino comes around and kills Tony. Maria comes in and she's like, I get it. I get why you did it. And I'm still not fucking doing it. Um, and it's like, and it, it's a powerful moment. Like she, she's like, I get it and I want to, but I'm not going to do it. Um, I, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's big, you know? <laughs> um, and I think it's really, really telling, um, it's just so fucking sad. I was, I, I was sobbing in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Um, that was, that was a very sad moment yeah. at the end. I mean, I obviously mean, somebody like, has died. Like it's very sad, <laughs> but you know, somebody who maybe didn't deserve to, I mean, he was a murderer at this point, but he was a murderer in a moment of like extreme rage and sadness. Um, I don't know. You know, I like to think I would do better in that moment. And you don't know how many people can speak from experience. <laughs> yeah. How they would react to like watching their best friend be killed. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, a, it's, it, but it like Rachel Ziegler, like delivers in that scene. And, Absolutely. And, like when, yeah. you, when you watch all like the jets and the sharks who are watching this scene unfold and like, they're like, they're cowed. They're like, you know, they're put in their place by this, this young girl who is not a part of this either gang whose brother was, but like she had nothing to do with them. Otherwise she puts them in their place and they are like sheepish. <laughs> yeah. They like, she's just so intense that they're all like, Oh, Whoa, shit. Like, yeah. We, and, and it's like believable. Like, it's not like, like, you know, that's like, just like the plot, but like, it's like when they like sort of just like fall in line and they all carry Tony away and, and like his body and like move on and they, they join forces to carry him. Um, it's like, it's believable because like who wouldn't be moved by what they just watched, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's fucking, it's sad. I mean, and it's, it's been like, you know, the whole movie has been like these people getting mad about like Tony and Maria being together when Tony and Maria are just like trying to be two young people stupidly in love, like in love to a stupid degree, you know, that, that sort of like young love when you're like, I can't get enough of you for like one fucking weekend and maybe it will end in like two months. But like right now, you know, the only way out I see is to run away and elope. Like <laughs> um, yeah. that fucking, I've been there. Like just speaking from like, as a young, like queer man dating men, I've like definitely had those moments where like, maybe we should just like fucking do this shit. Like, um, so like, I don't know. Like I totally get like, like the, the youthful, like rash decisions and they're just trying to do their thing. And these people are like, let's all get mad about it and start a war. And it's like, they don't want this. Why are you starting it for them and saying it's about like, you're like, Oh, it's about honor and territory. And it's like, no, it's actually about two people who just like want to make out. Like, I don't know. Like <laughs> it's fucking insane. Um, and it's like sad to like watch it, you know, fall apart that way. Cause Maria's just like, I just like wanted to be happy for like, you know, I work, to pay like rent to live in like a shitty apartment in New York city. And I can't fucking like have a guy over who I want to make out with without everybody starting like a fucking gang war. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's fucking infuriating. I'd be mad too. Like yeah. if I were her, I'd well, be pissed. 
Hopefully you don't have that personal experience. Well, I live in <laughs> I mean, people starting a game slope, war. So I don't have that experience. Um, the, the, the street toughs of park slope aren't. It'd be uh, like the gang. <laughs> it'd be like the strollers and the no strollers. That's what. They'd be like swinging the strollers around like. It'd be a, like, it'd be, it'd be. The strollers versus the craft beer hipsters. That's what Park is. Like, so, a bunch um, of a bunch of guys with beards and beanies like coming up, snap, snap. And snap. people who were previously bearded guys with beanies, but then got married and can't drink as much, so they have their strollers on hand. Uh, that'd be that'd be the fight in Park Slope. Um, so. Oh God! Yeah. No, no. What if what if you what if you led the the gang of the hipsters up against the the finance bros gang? Okay, that's like a bigger. That's a bigger. That but we're not in a we're not sharing a neighborhood. We're <laughs> that see that doesn't work here because like the finance bros don't live in Brooklyn. Finance bros. No, this, well, some of them might live in Brooklyn, but guess which neighborhood they live in now? It's Williamsburg. Because Williamsburg oh, is yeah. no longer hip, it is the home of like the rich people. Um, it's it's moved up the uh, the gentrification ladder. I mean, I love I love going out of Williamsburg as much as the next person, but like the people who live there are definitely not like the cool artsy types the same way they used to be. They're you know they're people yeah. who make good money. Um, well, that was like ten years ago. So yeah, yeah. Um, changed but like so i'm i'm trying to think of interneighborhood conflict okay and yeah the, the conflict yeah, mine is would be more of a warriors are, style oh yes it would be warriors you're right um, <laughs> yeah but like there is a you know there is a perceivable conflict between like the cool young people who live in park slope who like aren't married and like who are just like here because this is where like there are like cool bars there's like it sort of has a like a homey feel because like anywhere you live you never have to get on a train to go get anything you want like um <clears throat> but there's also a ton of families here and families who have been here forever and families who push their little strollers around and care about their turf um so you know that yeah. would be the conflict here that is what park slope would be about um, that was kind of the vibe in clarendon because it's like you've got all the homeowners here in the suburban neighborhood which are mm -hmm. like very much upper class families well, to be a home and then you've at this point yeah <laughs> and then you've got like the just all the absolutely insane 20 somethings like going out to bars every weekend mm -hmm. every night of the week yep <laughs> just going crazy yeah um yeah that's that's the only conflict going on in the neighborhood that i've lived in <laughs> not that exciting i mean i could see like um I guess like if I had to pick where the finance bros would live in Brooklyn, other than Williamsburg park slope would be the second choice. So mm. maybe there's something there, but um, the, the finance bros are going to live. Honestly, honestly, the finance bros are mostly going to live like where this movie is set, but in the current times, they're going to live on the upper right. West side um, or maybe, maybe the West village or, or Greenwich village, um, that sort of area. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just laughing about the idea of like <laughs> the flannel and beanie wearing gang going up against the the uh, fleece vest wearing gang. That would have to be in like <laughs> that would be so. Funny. I mean, honestly, that might be like West Village, like West Village, where it's like there's like the Stonewall and all of the gay stuff, but there's also it's also like the cool, trendy like NYU area. You might get that that clash might exist there. There might be a clash in the West Village. Um, <laughs> Um, or or even the east village you never know because the east village used to be like the cool punk area but you know now it's like a 
you know, people go, all sorts of people go hang out there. One of my favorite bars there is like a, a dimly lit wine bar that's like not super cheap. <laughs> so, <Ooh. laughs> um, you know, the, the the East Village now does a truck. Or also there's a speakeasy there. There are a couple of them. So, you know, Ooh, that fun. bar definitely, that neighborhood definitely also attracts like both like your, your Richies and your like old school New Yorkers who think of the East Village as like the punk area. That in like Alphabet City, you know. Um, so, because mm-hmm. they're next to one another. So, who knows? New York is very weird these days. It's very weird. New York is is always weird. <laughs> That's true. That's why I like it. That's why I live here. <laughs> it's a fun, weird place. Yes. But that's um, a fun, weird place where West Side Story took place. West Side and... Story is not a a fun, weird story. It's no, a, I mean it is fun. It's a fun movie. Like watching it is very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a very sad fun. It's yeah. Like a, it's fun, fun, fun. Oh, it's sad, sad, sad. Uh, that's the vibe. Great, great fun and sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is the West Side Story vibe. You are correct. All right. Well, I I think we, we've done it for West Side Story tonight. Uh, anything else you want to discuss before we close out and shut down the Buzz on Movies Theater? Uh, I don't think so, but I think I think I can't believe we've gone this long without mentioning it. I think we should just call out Ariana Debose as Anita as like fucking great. She was oh, really, yeah. really good. I can't oh, believe yeah, we haven't like, specifically him. pointedly called her out. Um, she was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 missed a major character. Yeah, yeah, she was really good. She's obviously the the star for America and yeah. a couple other songs. Um, very great. Yeah. Very fun to yeah. watch. And I, I couldn't let the podcast end without mentioning her specifically. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, no. I think uh, I think we've just about covered it all. Um, go see this movie if you can. If you can see a movie at theaters right now, go see West Side Story. It yes, de- it deserves your do. patronage. Um, it's really it's really. This is like what like a big blockbuster movie should be in a lot of yeah. ways, and it, it's sad that it's not getting you know, it's not getting that that box office that it should and it really it really does benefit from being seen on the big screen 100 very imagery in this yeah but this one really does the imagery in this is so cool and like deserves to be seen big and the sound yes the music is so beautiful in this uh definitely definitely check this out if you have the opportunity agreed 100 go go see it and uh, until next time, you can find us on all the major platforms. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, if you like what we're doing, leave us a review on your favorite platform. Recently, uh, we found out that Spotify is now doing ratings. So, Whoa! Uh, we, yeah. <laughs> we usually encourage you to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, and we still, we still do, but, uh, if you also use Spotify and you, um, you feel like giving us a rating on there, that would also be very much appreciated. Rate us wherever you listen to us. Um, yeah. if they have a rating system, that's Definitely. what we say. As long as you're going to give us a good rating. If you're going to give us a bad rating, <laughs> just skip it. It's fine. Um, if you're going to give us a bad rating, talk to us in person just and email us. you can, we just dropped you can email. do that we have our hand by emailing us, uh, at buzzedonmovies at gmail.com. Or uh, hitting us up on Twitter. We're at Buzzed on Movies. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, just tell us what you've been doing these days with movies. Because <laughs> some people are going, some people aren't. So let us know hard what you're say. doing. It's hard to say what to do. You know, 
Um, and until so next time, safe. that's all I'll say. Yeah. Everybody be safe. Be safe. Be safe. And we'll see you at the movies. We will see you at the former rubber rubble filled lot now known as Lincoln square.